welcome back to my best friends and engineer. I'm Lexi. And I'm Libby. And today we have a great interview with the founders of The Thoughtful Co. Jill and Sophie will be presenting the compensation negotiation workshop we have coming up on October 18th. So go check that out on our Instagram. We have all of the information in our bio. Yes. Uh, But before we get into it, Lexi, give us the tea of the week. How has your week been? The tea of the week. Let's see. See, this is weird because we had our little strategy meeting, which we talked about in this episode. (laughs) We had our little strategy (laughs) meeting yesterday. Um, So today, yesterday was good too. It was Labor Day. I actually worked like quite a bit. You worked? Yeah, I did. I I was not as productive as I would have liked last week, but I so I totally set myself up. I knew I mentally prepared for this since last week. But yeah, it was just just a nice little busy day. The weekend was good. Went to the city. It was so rainy, so cold. If yeah. you're from the Midwest, I but you Wisconsin was probably bad too, right? Yeah, it was a sad Labor Day week or Labor Day Memorial Day. I always get them mixed up. Which one no, was it's it? Labor Day? Labor Day. It was Labor Day. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so the weather wasn't great, but I mean, we still took a boat out, and then we just scurried home. It started raining. We were like, it was just like. Like all the waves, just like I was like, am I gonna fall over? It's like, oh god! So we scurried back. So we were out there for like only two hours um, on Lake Michigan, and then other than that, hung out in the city. I feel like I hadn't gone into the city in forever. So it was good, good end to the week because I was wholesome and I did work and I cleaned my room yesterday. So the classic little Sunday behavior on Labor Day. How about you? How's your it. week though? You had golf last week. You had oh a my golf god! Outing. I have a lot of things to update you on. Okay, so Thursday was the golf outing. It was good. Um, it was exhausting. So we got to the course. So basically, out of our department, half the people went paintballing and half the people went and played golf. So there's probably like 25 of us that played golf, like 25 to 30 people that did paintballing, and then we met up at a park after and we had lunch. So, um, I went golfing. I got a gift card for longest drive in the women's oh. division. Because oh I was gosh. the only woman. Oh, really? <laughs> I was that's, the only one. That's so funny. <laughs> so, they were handing out gift cards at the end for, like, because they did, like, longest drive, shortest putt, like, most amount of balls lost. And they're going through. And I was like, um, what about the women's division? And they were like, Libby, you were the only girl. And I'm like, yeah, the women's division. And so they gave me a gift card. <laughs> That's so funny. I was going to say, look at you. You're so good. Well, I mean, you probably are good. Oh my God. That, that, I, just, I just realized how that sounded. <laughs> no, no, because I was playing with all men and they like hack the ball so far. Actually, I was playing really terribly. It was honestly kind of embarrassing. So I was totally hyping up like my golf skills all week long being like, oh, you guys don't know what's coming. Like I'm so good at golf. And then I like played so terribly. Oh my God. But by the way, during golf, so I'm driving the little golf cart, right? Like for those listening, you can't see me, but I'm Mm -hmm. pretending to drive a golf cart. (laughs) And a bee, a bee flew into my armpit and stung me. (laughs) I got a bee sting in my armpit. Had my golf outing for my company team outing. That is so unfortunate. I feel like that's the (laughs) the odds of that are like, I don't even know. But you did it. But you did it. The guy that was sitting next to me who was in my cart was my mentor. My guy mentor that I always talk about. So he's driving with me. And I'm going and I get stung. And I look at him and I'm like, 
I think I just got stung by a bee. And he's like, what the heck? Where? And I'm like, in my armpit. So then we like stop the car and I'm like, hold on my armpit. I'm like, can you guys look at my armpit? Do you see a bee sting? And sure enough, there's a little stinger sitting in my armpit and I had to pull it out oh and gosh. I can, I could hold it up. And I was like, what the heck? You guys just all looked at my armpit. That is so embarrassing. I was going to say team bonding. I was like, <laughs> I know. You guys bonded. How fun. <laughs> I know. So that is my tea of the week. It was low-key kind of uncomfortable, but you know, I just went with it and made a joke of it. And I was like, wow. I, and I was actually like in pain. I was like, you guys, oh. anyone have an ice cube? This freaking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know if I would choose golf or paintballing. I feel like golf would be a safe option because I went once with you. <laughs> that was literally the only time <laughs> I've ever golfed, actually. we I haven't gone since. <laughs> I keep meaning to. But I feel like I would embarrass myself. But then paintballing, I would embarrass myself even more, probably. I don't know. So I didn't choose paint- Well, I chose golf because I, I like to golf. But if I didn't like to golf, I don't know if I would have chose paintballing. But it was funny because um, so there's – I think there's five – four or five women in our department and we have a little teams chat and we were talking about it when like this team bonding first came up and we were like should we just go rogue and do a wine and paint instead because like nobody really liked the options that were offered Mm -hmm. but we didn't do that we're gonna do that instead like a different time that'll be a good like winter activity but yeah so that's what i did on um thursday and then it was the um state or not the state fair the county fair so i saw some cows (laughs) i went Two concerts and saw a little demolition derby, saw some monster trucks, saw some goats, drank some so lemonade. Of you. <laughs> I had Love. a loaded bike with schizo. So you were set up for success this weekend. Oh yeah, we had a great Labor Day weekend. But with that, I think we should get into our listeners' tea of the weeks. So I want to see if anybody went to a fair this week, what everyone what everyone did, what everyone's up to. All right. Ava, let's see what Ava has for us. She said, one of my professors gave me five assignments and an exam this week. Good luck. That is so early. That's so early. And it's on a holiday weekend? That is wow. mean. That's yeah. rude. Oh, my gosh. God. And you know those teachers, they just... Uh, they just no chill. They're just not happy to That's be annoying. there. They're just like, I'm going to make everyone's life just unfortunate. It's always the teachers that are there for research. The tenured ones that just don't care. You know, good luck, Ava. Let good us know luck. how it goes. Yeah. Um, all right. Gabby said she is quiet quitting because she realized that a government job pay is insultingly low. And oh my God, couldn't be a more better tea of the week for the episode that we've got today talking all about compensation negotiation. Um, get it, girl. Know your worth. Go find a job that is going to pay you a lot better. I am a total stand for that. Yes. All right. And then we can close out with Cassidy's Tea of the Week. She said, my university has no AC in any buildings. It's supposed to be in the 90s all week and they didn't make any classes online. Also, 95% of the buildings here have no AC. So there's no relief from the heat. That makes me happy. I work in an office. Bending <laughs> 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 hugs. Do you remember like walking to class? You know, Ohio was pretty hot during the summer. I would be sweaty. Like, I would walk with my backpack. It would be, like, end of August, Dude, beginning of September. That's I why was not I would, having fun. That's why I would rollerblade to class, because I was trying to get some air going in between my armpits, because I was sweating so much. 
<laughs> You're like, can I get a B up in here? <laughs> Sad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <Amazing>. Um, <laughs> if you guys would like to submit your tea of the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram at my best friends and engineer. We post a question box every week so that you can share your highs, lows, and drama for the week. Yes, and also on our in our Instagram bio, we have our event that we're going to be talking about. So we're going to push that this episode because we are so excited about it and we are so excited to learn more about what Thoughtful Co. has to offer. Yes, and be sure you guys are getting tickets after you listen to this episode. You're going to be so excited to join the compensation negotiation workshop. We do have only a limited available uh, number of spots. So once it sells out, it sells out. So be sure to get your ticket. And with that, I think let's hear what Jill and Sophie have to say. Today's guests are Jill and Sophie with The Thoughtful Co. But before we get more into The Thoughtful Co. and the services you guys offer, can you both give a bit of background information on yourselves and your work experience? Yeah, absolutely. I can go first. Um, My name's Sophie and my background is in structural engineering. Um, So yay to all the engineers listening. Uh, When I started my career, I found oftentimes it was difficult for me to connect with other women, just both as peer support, but also mentorship. I'm sure lots of your listeners notice it is a very male-dominated industry and more so in some, in some disciplines than others. And so when I was working as a structural engineer, I was finding I needed additional resources or support just because sometimes I couldn't find mentors who were like me. And so in that experience, I started to reach out to other women that I was working with at the firm I was at at the time to help kind of mutually uh, sort of support each other and find opportunities to connect with women also in other firms as well. Just finding, because there's so few, if you just are limited to your own firm, sometimes that's a really small pool. And so that uh, led me to start an employee resource group at that company and then co-chair that for a few years. But then a couple of years later in 2018, I co-founded Women in Consulting Engineering or WCE Vancouver. And so that's a community based out of Vancouver that uh, in Canada uh, that helps to connect women working in the engineering consulting industry just to build friendships as well as networking and just create that sense of visibility and community and it's been really exciting to see it grow and in the four years since it launched it's now grown to over 500 members and is now going into a new city so it's going into Calgary Canada starting in September as well so it's really been exciting and yeah I you know working as a structural engineer as well I focus primarily on residential and high-rise buildings um as, as I kept working, there was kind of a bug in my ear to keep working in this gender equity space. So that's when, about a year ago, Jill and I got together and launched the Thoughtful Co., hoping to provide that gender equity support to more industries as well. And I'll go next. Um, so I've spent a bit of a different career than uh, maybe some of the listeners on this podcast. Um, I've spent my career in executive compensation. So started off in consulting, helping board of directors figure out how to pay their top executive teams, um, which is a lot of base salary and bonus, but really a focus on longer term equity design. So things like stock options and RSUs um, and how that kind of incentivizes executives and links to shareholder value. 
and all those good things. Um, and then after that, I led compensation in-house at Aritzia and most recently was at Lululemon where I led the global executive and equity compensation teams. Um, so really I've spent my full career on the other side of the negotiating table and saw so many successful, intelligent women not negotiating their compensation at really key points in their career. And that was junior employees to the most senior executives. Um, and so I always wanted to do something about that and ended up leaving Lululemon to co-found the Thoughtful Co, um, where we support women in gender equity initiatives and also support women in negotiating for the compensation they deserve. Amazing. If you guys can't tell him for people listening, you can't tell, but I'm sitting over here smiling because like your guys's mission is totally, totally aligns with our podcast and what we're trying to do as well. So it's great to have you guys on as guests, but I wanted to dig in a little bit to the thoughtful co. How did it start? How did you guys, first of all, how did you guys know each other like beforehand? And then like what sparked this idea? Uh, can you give our listeners like that story? Take us on that journey. How did we get to where we are today with the thoughtful co? Yeah, absolutely. We met at first when we were both doing our undergrads at Western, which is in London, Ontario in Canada. Um, Jill and my partner were both in the same business program. And so we knew each other for a little while at school and then ultimately both ended up back in Vancouver. That's where Jill's from originally. And I think over the years, we talked so much about, I mean, having very different backgrounds, but our passion for gender equity in the workplace and how important it was to us and how can we support it more wholly and also, you know, is there a way to make this a job? But it was just kind of a bug in the back of our, you know, heads for a few different years. And when uh, Jill left her job uh, last year, I was so curious to see what she was doing and she had kind of started the idea, had come up with the name and originally it just started as a blog wanting to write about issues that were important to us and share our experiences and it really grew organically from there into what it is now. But really at the beginning it was just a blog and it's been really cool to see it grow into something quite different. Yeah, we didn't really intentionally set out to, you know, create a company, but so exciting where it's gone now. And yeah, for me, after we had started doing the blog, I had a old uh, business school contact reach out to um, ask me if I could help them negotiate their compensation. And um, I said yes, and I loved it. And that's where we kind of thought through this idea. Because um, it doesn't really exist. There's not a lot of other, you know, direct support systems for women in negotiating. So um, it's new, but we're, we're excited to be doing it. That's awesome that you guys met in undergrad. It's a little deja vu moment. Like, Similar story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about what made you want to specifically focus on, you know, helping women and empowering them and all things negotiation and just in the workforce in general? Was there, you know, a personal story that you would like to talk about? Yeah, I can go first. I think it was, uh, in some ways, and, and a lot of this is coming from privilege, I think when I was in my undergrad, I did not necessarily notice how gender impacted my day-to-day -day necessarily. I think in academically, engineering is more equitable, the gap is closer, and then also you're just kind of working quite independently. And so, I think bias, I was protected from some of that bias as well 
engineering is a little bit more, in most cases, right answers and wrong answers, at least at school. So I think I was also protected from, you know, I had peers who were in different disciplines where, or different degrees, sorry, who would, you know, get a really weird low grade on something or a really high grade and couldn't explain it. Whereas when I knew something and I didn't know something, it was pretty clear that it was the wrong answer was the right answer. And it wasn't my prof maybe interpreting what I was doing differently. And it wasn't until I started working that I started to see, oh, maybe it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for me to network. And it's a little bit more awkward for me to ask a client to go for a drink and instantly they're like, oh, I have a girlfriend. And I'm like, yeah. I, I'm just trying to develop a professional <laughs> relationship and it gets awkward. And I think it was a lot of small things like that that I started to slowly see. Oh, I can see why this is a challenge. And then I would talk to more and more women who were struggling with the same things. And it had gotten so much better than it was talking to someone who's you know been in the industry for 25 years, but it still felt like, it can be better still and I think wanting to build that for myself and then for the people around me slowly just got this passion to make positive change yeah and for me I think um I was really shy growing up um and I'm still pretty introverted and and uh you know shy but I hide it more but I've always just been so passionate and fierce about feminism. I don't know why, it's just something inherent in me. Um, I've always wanted, I've always felt it's important to, you know, have a really great career. I've always been passionate about that, making my own, my own money, um, really be passionate about finances, making sure I'm invested, setting myself up for success, and helping other women around me. And I don't honestly know where that came from, but it's kind of been with me since elementary school. I can still remember instances. Um, and then I think throughout my career, I've been really lucky. I've worked in two very female-dominated companies, Aritzia and Lululemon, where um, they have you know very senior female, female executives running things and just doing an incredible job. And um, so I've been really lucky in that way, but still I saw gender imbalances throughout my career and, um, and yeah, always wanted to do something about that. And I think helping women negotiate now and being with them on that personal journey um, is the most rewarding thing I've done in my career. And, uh, and yeah, it just brings me, brings me joy to help women actually get paid what they deserve. Yeah, Jill, I totally get what you're saying about like the financial aspect because on my um, social media pages, not only am I advocating for women in STEM, but I'm also sharing like my journey to paying off debt and like trying to normalize that. And it's like, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I just feel like people need to hear about this. (laughs) But Sophie, I wanted to touch on, um, I think we wanted to go into a little bit more in depth with each of you of some questions um, based on your personal backgrounds. And um, Sophie, I don't have too much negotiating experience. Um, Lexi just helped me negotiate for my first time ever when I just got my new job. Um, so I totally see what you're saying with like negotiating in the engineering male dominated field. It can feel very intimidating and like you're the little girl that's like asking for more money. I don't know. Like that's just kind of how I felt, but, um, kind of interested with like how engineering and the thoughtful co uh, intersex, did you specifically use any of your skills that you learned like while you were in engineering school or like, um, you know, through your undergrad or university experience to get the Thoughtful Coast started up? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in, it seems theoretically like such a totally different career path and unrelated 
when you look at it on paper. But I think so much of what I learned in engineering, I'm still applying in terms of problem solving and being very data focused, because I think historically when we've talked about equity, diversity, and inclusion in so many environments, it's been very education focused, which is really important, but not necessarily measured and set around goal setting. And I think my sort of analytical mindset from engineering has really been applied into my, my work in the Thoughtful Code. And when we work with clients, really helping them define targets so that they can work towards a specific goal in their gender equity path, and then also being able to measure and benchmark different policies that they're implementing so that they know how impactful something is. Because I think if you're not measuring it and setting real goals, then it's really difficult to know if you're making any change or if you're wasting resources and doing something that's not working that well. And I think so much of that comes from my background in engineering and being very numbers focused and pairing that with something that's very, you know, passionate and, and positive to the world, I think is really great too. But so much of it is really about, yeah, that analytical side from engineering. I was going to say, I feel like that aligns with what you said before. You like, you know, in undergrad, it was a yes or no. You got it right or you didn't, you know, you meet the goal or you don't. So it's funny how it all comes full circle, the engineering personality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't get away from it. <laughs> yes. It's a blessing and a curse sometimes. Yes. It depends on the day. <laughs> well, Jill, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your experience working at larger companies like Aritzia and Lululemon that almost everyone knows. I don't know who wouldn't know, <laughs> who wouldn't recognize the name. But and then, you know, your experience at a larger company like those versus starting up the Thoughtful Co. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was, yeah, it was a significant shift. I spent um, my full career in the corporate world, either consulting for pretty big companies or working in them. And um, so, yeah, to be honest, at the start, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I would say there's just really different stressors than there are in the corporate world. In the corporate world, my stress was more around, um, you know, never ending workload, uh, not enough hours in the day, um, uh, managing a team and making sure they're all good. Um, that was more kind of the stresses. And then the successes were more, um, you know, team success, uh, having a great meeting presenting to the board or whatever it might be. Whereas, um, being in a startup, the stressors are more, I have a million things that I could be doing and which one should I focus on? Um, and there's more, yeah, it's, it's just a totally different, um, different mindset. You can be creative. Like I, I've spent a career being quite analytical as well, working, um, with numbers and, you know, in the business world and now getting to be creative and getting to try new things, test new things, um, you know, running, I run our, all our finances internally, which has been awesome. Like running our own income statement, doing all the billing doesn't sound exciting, but I really like it. Sophie does all our marketing. So she's like learning all about social media and all these kind of things. Um, and I'm sure you both have experienced a bit of it as well. So the learning is incredible. The flexibility and control over your time is invaluable for me. Um, I've never in my life thought I would be an entrepreneur. I didn't even consider it. I'm very risk averse, but now that I'm in it, it's, um, I know it's the right path for me. 
And I love talking to other women about it because I feel as women, we are usually risk averse with our money for sure. Um, we're usually more conservative, but I want more women to take the leap because I think we need more female founded companies. Um, and it's been a great journey. There's different, different ups and downs than the corporate worlds, but it fits so much better for me, um, which I never would have known unless I started it. Yeah, we totally can probably relate to what you're saying with like there being just so many things and you're not sure what to focus on when you're at your own company because even just with like our podcast, we've been trying to do like just meetings where we don't record, but we just sit down and like try to get things done and we're like, oh my God, what do we even, what do, we even do right now? We have so many things to do. <laughs> yeah, there's never ending list. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's get Canva premium. I was like, let's, that'll be our marketing. I'm like, let's get those templates. Oh, wow. Canva is my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah, yeah. You have some really, I was going to say, you have some really good templates. I like your Instagram. Thank you, Canva. Very well planned. That's Sophie. You know, your new engineer could be so good at marketing. Right, right. So you touched on a little bit, you know, working at these larger companies, you experienced and you kind of saw a lot of situations when, where women were kind of selling themselves short. Can you kind of talk more about that and maybe give a little bit of advice and, you know, to our listeners of how to avoid that? And maybe this can transition into talking about, you know, the services the Thoughtful Co. offers. Yeah, definitely. So um, I think... You know, I saw it from the other side of the table in corporate for quite a while, but I didn't really know why it was happening. And now that we're in the position where we're helping women negotiate, um, I, you know, I would say over 90% of our clients say the same things to us. They say, I just felt lucky to be there, so I didn't want to ask for more money, or I wanted to prove myself first before negotiating. Um, and truly, uh, C-suite executives have said that to us, to new university grads. Like, it's the same thing. So it's this um, imposter syndrome or whatever you want to call it throughout our whole career where we feel like we just felt, we just somehow fell into this role, you know, like we didn't earn it, we don't deserve it. Um, and, and so I think that's the biggest thing holding us back. Like, we're our own barriers within this. And so I think the first step when we work with clients is really just trying to build up that confidence um, and knowing that negotiation is not a taboo thing. Everyone does it. Um, You're in an employee-employer relationship. It's part of that relationship. So kind of normalizing it and helping clients to understand that, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't need to be seen as this big aggressive negative thing. You can negotiate in a positive way. Um, and building that confidence to help clients understand that they they should be there, they deserve to be there. Um, I just had a client last week who got a senior offer at a tech startup, and she said to me, I don't think I can accept it because I don't think I can do the job. Um, and I said, oh you gosh. already got the offer. Like, like it, so it's just, it is crazy how we, you know, we face all these biases throughout our life, and we definitely subconsciously internalize them. And Um, They really, really impact us in negotiations. So the biggest thing is kind of getting out of your own way, knowing those things exist, um, and then feeling confident to really ask for what you deserve. I think it's so interesting that you say that this is like kind of a widespread 
um, almost like phenomenon or like thought or belief that a lot of women have, because I mean, it's so true. Like I have other women in my department who are other engineers at the company that I work for. And we've even talked about it before with like just career goals and stuff. And you know, there's four of us in my department and we're all, we're always going to be, we are always talking and we're like, okay, well I have this presentation to run and I really need to go do a good job. Cause I want to make sure that people take me seriously and like all this stuff. And then we're all like, reminding each other like, hey, we're here for a reason. We don't need to constantly be like proving ourselves that we like deserve to be here or something. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's crazy. Um, But kind of going into the Thoughtful Co, this will be a good transition because this is what the company is all about. Um, For each of you guys, Jill and Sophie, what are some of the favorite services that the Thoughtful Co offers? Or like, what are your favorite services that you get to give to your clients? Uh, I can go first with one. Um, I think one of my favorite things to do is supporting companies in developing employee resource groups um, or ERGs. If people aren't familiar with what an ERG is, it's a group of individuals with a shared experience who get together in mutual support. So a lot of times we think of people who are minorities within an organization. So in this case, a women's ERG. And I often find this is like the front line of achieving gender equity at a company because how else can you find what the needs are of the individuals at your company because there isn't some sort of one size fits all solution to solving gender equity in a workplace if there was everyone would be doing it um and the reality is it's so different in the industry you're in the company you're at the region that you're in what the cultural dynamics are of your company, is it really social focused or more independent work, et cetera. All those things play into what's gonna help your company work. And I think an ERG is such a great first step because it can help those individuals develop um, policies that might make them feel supported. And it's also a great kind of day one support because you can build that sense of community by getting a bunch of women and allies together to talk about, you know, this is really important to me and I want to help our company grow and invest in this. So I really like that because it's so, I think, valuable to the individuals. Yeah, and I think mine would be um, probably two things. One um, is just getting to know industries that are much more male dominated and helping those industries. Like we're helping a construction client right now. And um, Sophie has not been surprised by by anything she's seen, but Um, It's just different for me coming from Lululemon and Aritzia where it's all women and now it's all all men. So I think that's been really awesome to see the impact we can have in those industries. Um, And then then I would say the compensation negotiation support for women, probably my favorite services are the one-on-one support where I actually get to talk you through how you're going to prep for the negotiation, um, what you want to ask for, what are the key components you want to push on all those different pieces and, and just be that resource for um, people going through a negotiation because you kind of are on an island. You're kind of alone. So being that support system, but also providing, you know, data, facts, stuff like that. So you feel really, really confident. Um, and then contract reviews, I actually think is probably the most valuable service we, we offer individual clients. Um, being able to go through a whole contract and saying, hey, what does this mean? Let's ask more questions about this bonus structure. Um, why are they putting in a 12-month non-compete when you're getting no severance? Like all these other different pieces, like flexible work schedules, role scope, reporting structure, um, PTO, there's so many other pieces in contracts that we 
a lot of people just kind of skip over. Um, but they really can have meaningful impact on your life, on where you can go next, on how much flexibility you have in that situation, um, on higher earning potential things like bonuses and equity. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot we can do there. So I, from a, from a tangible workout perspective, I love doing that because it's really, it's really value add, um, to women. I was going to say, I totally agree with your point of people skipping over those details because some of the things you mentioned, I know I didn't even look at in my offer letter, you know, it's either you're super excited. You're like, thank God. Or like you mentioned, you're like, okay, I'm so surprised I was able to get this offer, mm-hmm. you know, and then that just imposter syndrome is stuck in, stuck in your head, but you're listing all these things off. I'm like, okay, I didn't look at that. <laughs> oh God. And, and everything is negotiable. Like, I think we don't think about it, but everything in that contract is negotiable. Like there's some pieces like intellectual property or stuff like that confidentiality that they probably won't want to change for just you but yeah things like non-competes non-solicit severance um there's so many other kind of legal policies that companies do change uh for different people can you talk a little bit more about your experience you know working in a you know like lululemon and aritzia where there were mainly women versus this new client you're working with you know in the construction industry do you see a difference between the offers like in the construction or male dominated field? Is there like a huge gap? Just out of curiosity, maybe, maybe, you know, you can't talk about it, but yeah, I don't think, um, I can talk in detail about that, but I think the biggest difference is just, um, sometimes bigger companies versus smaller companies. So seeing the different offers for, you know, like a massive global company public company, maybe versus a tech startup or something like that. Um, there's usually, there's a lot less in, in the, the small offers. So sometimes at that point it's talking about what is not in those offers. So, you know, things like role scope is often, I see a lot of ones where it's not in there, reporting structure, start date, um, like very basic things that, um, you don't always think about are necessary, but can really be important when it comes into play. Um, so there's definitely a big, big difference, but by industry, it's ho- it's more about the company and kind of like, do they have um, an HR team who's really focused on this, or is this maybe kind of more of an afterthought for them? Got it. That that would be so interesting because you saw both sides of it. Yeah, and... it's crazy the variety of offers I've seen and how yeah they're very different. You you kind of think you always get a standard offer, but um, there's a lot of different kinds for sure. Definitely. Um, are there any services that the Thoughtful Co. offers that you guys didn't mention? Yeah, I would say within the individual um, compensation negotiation, we have a range of services kind of depending on where you're at in your career and what's most helpful. So from one-on-one prep sessions that I mentioned, contract reviews, and then as you start getting more senior in your career, things like financial modeling of your compensation. So creating models of you of your compensation to um, look at it over the next five years and incorporating things like equity vests and those pieces. Um, and we also do senior executive um, peer analysis, which once you get to a certain level, we can do that. So a lot, lo- there's a lot of complex things that we can do or simple things that we can do. Um, and we do tailor to the client. Um, so whatever is most helpful. We have individual services or packages. Um, if you're, 
if you're going through a promotion or performance review, stuff like that, where you might need um, ongoing support instead of just one time. Yeah, the other piece I would add to is doing our benchmarking from an employer support perspective, um, because what we like to do when we start with a new company is actually doing a gender breakdown of their organization. And so is the gender disparity consistent across all disciplines? Maybe it's a multidisciplinary firm. And is it consistent across different levels or is there more equity at a junior level and does it taper off as you get to a senior level? We do see that a lot, but not in all cases. And so then we can really tailor our support to that individual company. So are we, or is there a lot of departures at a particular level um, and more so of women or men, et cetera? So then we can tailor our support very much to recruitment initiatives or succession planning or retention and really focus on a few key areas that suit them. And again, that might look very different at different companies, even if their overall wash is similar. It's typically quite variable what each company is dealing with. So speaking of compensation negotiation, on October 18th, um, my best friend's engineer podcast is going to be doing a compensation negotiation with the Thoughtful Co. So would you guys be able to give our listeners an overview? What will someone gain from attending uh, this workshop? Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff packed into this workshop. Um, this is our most popular ones. So we've kind of refined it over the past year to be most high impact. Um, and I would say what, one of the really key pieces we talk about is how compensation decisions are made within companies. Um, because after I left the corporate world, I kind of realized it's this black box to most people. They don't know when and how decisions are made. So really equipping you with the information to understand how decisions are made when they happen um, and what is really expected to be negotiated. So that's a big piece of what we talk about. Um, we also talk about uh, the biases women face and making sure we understand them and then how to kind of navigate them and get around them. Um, we talk about negotiating in a really clear, concise way um, and the preparation that can be really helpful for it. Um, we talk about lots of other things, um, market data and where you can look. Um, and what other factors companies take into account beyond just market data. Um, Sophie, anything else I'm missing? No, I think you covered all the main ones. Yeah, there's um, a lot of pieces. Yeah, it's a really, yeah. And it's, a, it's such a powerful workshop because I think it is so easy, as we've talked about, to underestimate yourself when you're negotiating and also in, particularly in male-dominated industries. I mean, Libby, I think you touched on it a little bit before too, like that feeling of if you don't look like everyone else in the room, it's so easy to just say thanks for having me and yeah. not negotiate. And so I think it's so important to have conversations like this and be more open about negotiating and that it's totally normal and it's positive. And we do leave time for um, questions and answers at the end, which is sometimes actually the best part of these workshops. Because um, we can, you know, talk about what individual people are going through and how to approach that situation. Um, so, so love the the Q and A part of it as well. I like that you touch on the market market analysis aspect because I hit my one year at my company and my manager, you know, I was really lucky to be in this position. He said, "What do you want? You know, what are you looking for for the next year?" 
I had no idea where to start. I, I had absolutely no idea. I was like, um, I don't know. Yeah. So I think that would be, I can't wait to learn more about that. First yeah. of all. Yeah. There isn't a and perfect, next year I'll do it better. There isn't a perfect market data source, which is a spoiler, but there's definitely ways that you can, um, that you can prepare for those conversations. Cause I'm kind of hearing that happen more, which is, which is great, but it can be an intimidating when you, yeah, have no idea what to ask for. So definitely, yeah. I was like googling. I was like, <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. What do I Sounds ask good. for? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And can you talk about how our listeners might get the most out of this compensation negotiation event in this workshop? Kind of, you know, any advice in that regards? Yeah, I think um, kind of thinking about where you're at in your career, and we, we touch on this a bit in the workshop, but thinking a bit more strategically about your compensation, so where you're at right now and where you want to be in the next couple of years and the next five years. Um, and, you know, if year end is coming up soon for most companies, if you have a calendar year end, so thinking about those year end performance reviews and how you might want to prep for that. Um, and then you can come in advance with any questions you have that you're thinking through before the presentation. Um, and then we'll go through those all in the Q&A at the end. So if there's anything we don't touch on, um, we can chat through at the end. Um, yeah, I think those, that's probably the main thing. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on today's podcast. Before we wrap it up, we ask our, our guests this one final question and we'll start with Sophie and then we'll go to Jill. But the question is, um, knowing what you know now, if there is one piece of advice that you could give your younger self, what would it be? Ooh, I feel like mine, not even, it's a coincidence that it happens to relate so much to negotiation and asking for what you deserve. I just think I remember so well graduating engineering and my partner, he's also an engineer, and at the time, I think I thought this was more our personalities and not necessarily relating to, you know, women and men biases. But when we were looking at job offers, or sorry, not job offers, at job postings, I would, you know, have nine of ten things and not apply to some things. I'm like, oh, I won't get it because I don't have the tenth. And he'd have two of ten and apply. And it was so different and also being more confident, reaching out to whoever he knew who might know someone who knew someone, et cetera. And I'm, part of that, I think, is also he's probably more extroverted than I am. But I would say if I could go back and tell myself something graduating um, and also just job hunting in general to just reach out and, you know, do those intimidating but coffee reach outs on LinkedIn or whoever it is that knows someone and just applying because the worst thing you get isn't no you might as well just go for it yeah mine's kind of similar also kind of cheesy but this is what popped into my mind so I'm gonna go with it um it's to just take the risk I think I've had many points in my career where I've kind of stewed over like I've known that I've wanted to do something and it's taken me longer or a while to do it um, but every time I've taken a risk in my career, it's paid off and there have definitely been bumpy rides throughout that. Um, it's not always a straight away amazing payoff, but it's always led me to better places. Um, and it's something that I'm proud of myself that I've done in the past and I want to really make sure I keep doing. Um, and so, yeah, I think I would say take the risk and not be so worried about it. Just do it. 
Do you guys have anything else you want to touch on? Um, maybe event-wise, background-wise, anything, anything you want to talk about? Um, I think maybe just if you're interested in what we do and learning more about the workshop that's coming up, you can look us up online at www.thethoughtfulco.net. Um, we're also on LinkedIn, The Thoughtful Co., and Instagram at thethoughtful.co. And we'll make sure to include everything in the show notes. So if you guys are listening and you're interested in the Thoughtful Close services, you want to seek them out for individual help, or you just want to follow along with their social media, it'll all be linked down below. All right. Thank you guys so much for um, listening to this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Sophie and Jill, for joining us today. And we're looking forward to the negotiation compensation uh, workshop on October 18th. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much to Jill and Sophie for coming on to today's podcast episode. I hope you guys love this episode as much as we did. It was so interesting to hear their perspectives on all things compensation and negotiation. Like Lexi, I know that you and I talk about it, have talked about it before, but it was interesting to like hear other women's perspectives, if you know what I mean. Definitely. And I feel like Jill has, seems like she's so much experience with that. And I love the fact that we can bring in Sophie's engineering. It's just a little full circle moment. But exactly. I am so excited for the event on October 18th. So make sure you go, you guys go check it out. Yes. And if you guys love this episode as much as we did, please be sure to text it to a friend who may need to hear this advice, share it on your Instagram stories and um, share it with any other girly girls who may need to learn more about negotiating their compensation. Also, be sure to go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The, re the written reviews on Apple Podcasts really help us. You guys, we are taking the podcast really seriously. We upload weekly episodes every Monday, so we love reading your reviews and your ratings. It really helps us out, so be sure you go do that after you listen to this episode. All right, well, where can they find you if they want to tell you about their job offer that they just got? Yes, if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Libby Beyond the Label on Instagram and TikTok. And then Lexi, where can they find you? You can find me at Engineer Lexi on Instagram and TikTok. And then if you guys want to follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok, we're at My Best Friends and Engineer. And on YouTube, we are BFE Podcast. Yes, and like we said, go check out our bio for all the links. Tell us your tea of the week. Join our Facebook group. Check out the event. We have a lot going on. So much, so much, but we love it. We love it that way. <laughs> All right. I think with that, we can close out another great episode of My Best Friend is an Engineer. I'm Lexi. And I'm Libby. And, and thanks, thanks for listening, listening to My Best, Best Friend is an Engineer. Friend's engineer.